Today we talk about the weak areas of the defense, ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Thursday, January 27th, 2022. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen every day. Today we turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball. Earlier in the week I did a show where I talked about the three starting roles where the Jets were weakest on offense. Now I'm going to name the three starting roles where I think the Jets are weakest on defense heading into the offseason. And the same caveats apply. I'm not talking about position groups as a whole. I'm talking about specific starting players that the Jets will need as they approach the offseason. And I'm also only talking about players who are under contract for 2022. If the Jets had a player who was good on the team in 2021, which does not apply to many defenders, but if the Jets had a specific player who was good in 2021, but that player is about to hit free agency, they do not count as being a part of the team because that player either needs to be re-signed or replaced. I'm talking about where things stand as we head into the offseason. And as far as the defensive side of the ball goes, I know your response is probably, why limit it to three? I mean, you could probably argue that this show does not even need to be had. The Jets were so bad on defense last year, you might just say that the Jets need everything. And we could call it a show. But I am going to name the three areas that I think are weakest. And this takes into account positional value. It takes into account the scheme that the Jets run. It takes into account any number of things. So let's begin. And my number three role that I think needs to be improved is the safety position. It was dreadful for the Jets in 2021. And you can point to injuries. I think it's totally fair to point to injuries and say that that was a major culprit in the team's issues at safety. But the Jets have to improve at least one of these spots, hopefully both. But they can't run these safeties out there again. And, you know, again, you can go back to injuries. Marcus May getting hurt, obviously hurt. Even if you're going to go all the way back to week one, losing LaMarcus Joyner may have been a big deal. The Jets, now who knows how things would have played out. The Jets also thought Jared Davis was going to be good. So, you know, the Jets thinking LaMarcus Joyner was going to be a big part of this defense. Who knows how much that actually means. But losing both of your starting safeties was tough. You know, I don't want to get on Elijah Riley too much because I think he's a practice squad level player. The guy I'm going to get on is Ashton Davis because he was a third round pick. He was a guy there was expectations for. And I always kind of viewed it when the Jets signed LaMarcus Joyner to play safety last year. It seemed to me to be a bit of a vote of no confidence in Ashton Davis. Now, you could argue you want depth, but I think a lot of us at the end of 2020 had Ashton Davis penciled into a starting role in 2021. And the fact the Jets were not willing to do that on a player they had just drafted in the third round, and third round picks, most of them don't pan out, but third round is still an area of the draft where you have a reasonable expectation of hitting on a player. And it showed to me that the Jets were not overly confident in Ashton Davis. And Ashton Davis went out there and kind of showed you why after the Jets suffered injuries at the safety position, because I thought it was awful. I mean, I don't think there's any way around that. Now, I know somebody out there may say, well, you know, his pro football focus grade wasn't that bad, and there were some excellent games in there. You can't read that much into pro football focus grades, and I've talked about this before. Pro football focus grades every play equally, but the thing about a guy like Ashton Davis at the safety positions is that 
the plays he fails to make hurt the Jets way more than the plays he makes helps them. You know, when he blows a play, it's like a 40-yard gain. When he makes a play, it doesn't really make that big of an impact. So, I, I mean, I think Ashton Davis was a big problem. Elijah Riley was too, but, you know, I think c- compared to the expectations, Elijah Riley actually acquitted himself fine. It's just you could not expect much from him. And he's, listen, he's not a guy who should be seeing major playing time on a team. Ashton Davis, though, was a big problem. I mean, I think if we're being honest, both the safeties probably need to be replaced. You might be able to get by with one safety who's shaky, but you can't with both. So safety, to me, is a priority this offseason. And the only reason it's not higher is that safety is not viewed as like a major value position in this league. There are usually competent safeties out there. It's, you know, if you're talking positional value, safety tends to rank pretty low. And part of that is just because there's always a safety available at the end of the, at the end of the off season. There's always some, for whatever reason, there's always some quality safety who's on signed who's available for cheap. So I'm hopeful the Jets can fix this position. But, you know, I go back to draft night in 2020, night two, when the Jets drafted Ashton Davis. And in all honesty, I did not know a lot about him because, you know, I kind of ignored the safety position heading into the 2020 draft, because at that time, the Jets had Jamal Adams and Marcus May. And even though there were some issues with Jamal, and we weren't sure he was going to be there for the long run, it seemed like the Jets were probably not going to draft a safety early. So I was a bit surprised when they drafted him in the third round. I remember that night going, pulling up some of his film from California in college, and my response from watching that was, man, this guy takes a lot of bad angles, and he misses a lot of tackles. He's always going for the big hit, and he misses some tackles because of that. And after two years in the NFL, if you were to ask me what I thought of Ashton Davis's game, it would be that he takes a lot of bad angles, and he misses a lot of tackles. And this is one of the things that like, I think the pro football focus grades don't take into account, is how many times he takes a bad angle and turns which should be you know, maybe a 10-yard run into a 35-yard run. That happened an awful lot. You just can't be that shaky on the back end of your defense. And if you look at the roster the Jets were putting out there on opening day in 2021, you may have said that the safety position was going to be one of the stronger units on the team because you had Joyner and May. Well, Joyner and May are both going to be free agents. And after LaMarcus Joyner plays less than one half of one game, if you want to bring him back, I guess you could do it for cheap, but it's got to be as a depth player. I don't think you can count on LaMarcus Joyner to be a, a starter especially in his 30s. And Marcus May, and I talked about this in a show, in a recent show, it's just tough for him because everything he's done, he's earned a new contract, he's earned a big payday. The problem is he's a guy who's himself approaching 30 and a guy who's coming off a really serious injury. So at the safety position, the Jets almost enter this offseason back at square one. And the only thing that kind of helps them is that every year, as I mentioned, there are quality safeties available, and I don't think the Jets are going to have to break the bank in free agency to upgrade this position. So I think that this position, this spot may have a little bit less urgency than some of the others I'm going to talk about on the show today. Now, in our next segment, I'm going to list what I think is the number two weak spot on the defense. And depending on how where the role one player takes on this unit, it may be one of two positions that the Jets need. I'll explain that ahead here on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Of course, this offseason, the Jets will be looking to add plenty of players with upside at the safety position and other areas on the defense trying to improve what was a worst-in-the-defense NFL. And I want to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about called GetUpside. 
My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill-up. Cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars or $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Again, that's code TOUCHDOWN using the GetUpside app. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. Today we are talking about the weak points on the Jets' defense, and you might argue everything is a weak point for the Jets based on the season they just had, and I'm not going to argue with you if you want to make that point. I'm just listing what I think are the three areas where the Jets need the most help heading into the offseason. And this is where I'm going to remind you that I'm not talking about position groups as a whole on this episode. I'm talking about specific roles on the team. Because what I'm about to mention is probably the quote-unquote strongest part of the defense on paper. It did not play that way in 2021, but I think the defensive line is the strongest spot on this defense if you're talking about accomplishments, if you're talking about talent. But I do think the Jets need one more defensive lineman this offseason. And I'm not sure whether he's a defensive end or a defensive tackle the Jets need, because that depends on where John Franklin Myers plays. John Franklin Myers played a lot of defensive end for the Jets in 2021, but after he signed his extension, first of all, his play kind of fell off. But second of all, he made a comment that he prefers playing on the interior. And if you look at his build, he's more of a classic interior lineman. He's more of a defensive tackle in the scheme of the Jets run than he is a defensive end. So there's a question, is he going to slide inside to defensive tackle or will he play defensive end a little bit more? So if he's a, if he plays more defensive end, then maybe the Jets need another defensive tackle. Whereas if he slides inside, maybe they need a defensive end. And if they need a defensive end, there could be some decent players available at pick four and or the 10th overall pick. So perhaps the Jets can address that there. And if you add a top flight prospect, if you add like a blue chip defensive end, and you have a defensive line of Carl Lawson, Quinnen Williams, John Franklin Myers, and that fourth guy, that, that blue chip prospect, on paper, that looks like one of the better defensive lines in football. On paper is the operative phrase, though, because you have Carl Lawson coming back from a serious injury. We're not really sure how that's going to impact him. Is he going to be the same guy he was with the Bengals? And, you know, I know he's not a big sack guy, or he wasn't with Cincinnati, but there's a school of thought that he was waiting to kind of break out, that maybe he was a little unlucky with his sack numbers his time in Cincinnati based on the quality of his play. But I do think you have to wonder a little bit coming back from the injury. Then you have Franklin Myers, a guy who, let's be honest, was not the same player after the extension. Whether that was because of the extension, I think sometimes we draw a line from these... between two events, it's not always the case. I mean, there are other possibilities as to why John Franklin Myers was not the same guy after he signed that extension, but there's no question, I think, there was a difference in the caliber of his play between before he signed the extension and after. And that includes 2020, where he was excellent as a kind of a situational player, as more of a role player. Then you have Quinn and Williams, who, at this point of his career, I think you would have to say is a good player, but not a great player. And it we're being honest, based on the expectations he had entering the NFL, 
I think you'd have to say a little bit of a disappointment. Not a bad player, but listen, this was not a guy who was consistent week to week. There were some weeks where he was excellent. There were some weeks where he really lived up to the hype. And then there were other weeks where he kind of got pushed around. And in all honesty, I think it was very disappointing the way he performed in the run game this year. Listen, the Jets had an awful run defense. And I don't think you can look at this and just absolve Quinn and Williams. Listen, there were other factors, of course. But ultimately, Quinn and Williams was a problem in the run game. So... There are question marks on this defensive line, but there's also a lot of potential because you have Carl Lawson, who, again, was you know off to a very good beginning to his career in Cincinnati before he signed with the Jets. Quinnen Williams, who does have this potential, who can be one of the better defensive linemen in the league based on his talent level, and John Franklin Myers, who has flashed a bit. If you add one more blue-chip prospect to that group, it has the potential to be very good. It's a bit of a wild card. I mean, I think... We have to acknowledge that heading into the 2022 season, we can't really know what to expect from the the defensive line. The pieces are in place, the talent's there, but we don't know what we're getting. That said, the Jets really do, no matter what, I think the Jets need to add one more lineman. And that might be, again, it might be an end, it might be a tackle, or maybe you want to move John Franklin Myers around. Maybe you want somebody with a little bit of versatility, a guy who can play on the outside, but also slide to the interior slide to tackle maybe on passing downs. Maybe that's what you want. Not really clear, but I do think it's obvious that the Jets need one more defensive lineman. And, you know, you've got Sheldon Rankins as a depth player. We, we don't know whether he'll be back or not. He's one of the few players the Jets could cut to clear up some decent cap space. Will Fully Fatukasi be back? Guy who had been excellent under Greg Williams, not so great under Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich. There are some other question marks on this defensive line. We'll have to see what happens, but I think it's clear. Jets have three pretty go- pretty obvious starters returning on this unit, and we don't know what they're going to get from them, but three guys with high-end potential. They need that fourth guy, though. There is one more position, though, that I think has a greater need for the Jets, and I'll talk about that ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Now, all of this talk about improving the defense today is in hopes that the Jets will build a team that can compete for the playoffs in 2022. And Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue the march through the playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and with a new updated desktop and mobile website, sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get underway. Again, it's promo code locked on. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Thursday, talking about the defensive areas where I think the Jets need the most help entering the offseason. I've talked about safety. I've talked about how I think the Jets need one more defensive lineman. And we're going to close out with what I consider the number one weak area, and that is cornerback. And again, I'm not talking about position groups as a whole. I think Bryce Hall did an excellent job this year. I think his progress is very encouraging. I think he's a starter going forward. I got no issue with Bryce Hall having a role on this team, but I think the spot across from him needs some work. And I have to admit, I'm a Brandon Eccles skeptic. I'm not sure he's a player for this team going forward. He had a few moments. He had that pick six in Miami. There were some solid games for him along the way, but 
I thought he had a lot of struggles, and I'm not sure what the upside is there. I'd be happy to be proven wrong on that. I'll give Brandon Eccles every chance to prove me wrong, but I'm not sure he's a guy going forward for the Jets, at least in the starting role. I view him as perhaps more of a depth player. And beyond that, I'm not convinced Bryce Hall's the number one corner in this league. Again, I will be happy to be proven wrong on that, but I feel like even if Eccles turns into a player, he and Hall are just not the right mix because I'm not sure Hall's a number one corner, and I'm pretty certain Eccles is not a number one corner. You want somebody who you can trust to erase the other team's best receiver. So, you know, even in a scenario where both of these guys are decent, you I'm not sure they're the right fit together because with either of them, you'd want a number one corner. And Hall is better than Eccles. So if somebody goes to the bench, it should be Eccles. Now, there's a little caveat here, and you may wonder, you may say, don't the Jets need better linebackers? And the answer is absolutely. And it's a true testament to how bad this defense was this year that linebacker did not even fit my top three. Because at linebacker, you have two guys who, I would say at this point, I guess you can live with if everything else is good on defense and Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley, but neither of these is really an ideal starting player at least at this point in their careers. There was a time where C.J. Mosley was an excellent linebacker with the Baltimore Ravens, but I just don't know that he's a good fit for this system. And Quincy Williams, I don't want to criticize too much because I think he vastly beat all expectations there were for him. I mean, you claim a guy off waivers from Jacksonville, you're expecting nothing. And Quincy Williams went out there and had some good games, had some very good moments, knows how to deliver a big hit, has good range, but also a guy who overran a lot of plays, a guy who had his share of bad moments. I think that there is a little caveat here because it seems to me like the Jets wanted to run the type of defense which really limited the role of corners. And essentially, if you're going to limit the role of corners, you need linebackers with a ton of range. And I think that that's where they got into the idea of drafting college safeties and converting them to linebacker because you wanted they wanted to be able to cover a lot of ground. Essentially, I think what the defense was designed to do was to not ask the corners to cover much ground and in their place, ask linebackers to cover a ton of range. So if you add a linebacker into the mix who is, first of all, fast, but also can do the job, which I don't think the Jets linebackers could do, and make compensate for lack of corner play, then, yeah, maybe you don't need another corner. Maybe you can live with what you've got. But I kind of viewed the way the Jets handled their defense as less of a philosophical thing that they did not want their corners to have to cover a lot of ground. I didn't think it was a case where they had decided we want to have linebackers compensate for our lack of corner play. I think it was more just a realization that their corners weren't good enough, and they tried to make up for their corners not being good enough by having stronger linebacker play, by having linebackers who could cover more ground. I think that if it was up to them, they'd want stronger corner play. Now, will the Jets invest early at the corner position? I don't know. They certainly seemed fine this year heading into the season with a bunch of late-round young players. And if you look at Robert Sala's history, I mean, in San Francisco, I don't think you could say the neglected corner, but they weren't investing premium, premium resources. They were going for maybe a veteran Richard Sherman who was, I'm not sure I'd say on the downside of his career, but not at his peak value. They got a couple other bargain guys that they coached up. So maybe this is a case where they just want to coach up young corners and hope that they play well. But if you go way back to early in Salah's career in Seattle, it was kind of a similar situation where they coached guys up. They had a bunch of late-round picks. They had Sherman. They had Byron Maxwell. They had Brandon Browner signed from the CFL. But they coached those guys up, and they gave those corners a lot more responsibility once they were coached up. So 
I'm not sure you can look at this and just say the Jets want the corners to be irrelevant. Will they invest premium resources to add corners? I'm not sure. Maybe it's a case where they're going to try and coach these guys up, and then after they're coached up, give more responsibility to. But either way, I'm not sure Eccles is the guy you want to roll with. I think you want to upgrade that position. If you get a guy who can stand out across from Bryce Hall, then you've got a group you can work with. And of course, you still want to upgrade the linebacker position, but I'm not sure you really want to focus on linebacker at the expense of, at the expense of corner. So, you know, this is just a guess. I don't think it's a situation where the Jets are necessarily dead set on their corners not being able to handle anything. I think they want to get to a point where their corners can handle more responsibility. And I think ultimately they're going to want the type of corner, a number one corner who can take away wide receivers. That's how I view it. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoyed the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.